From Post Loudness, this is Open Ended. We're two best friends blurring lines between fact and fiction. Hey everybody, I'm Cher. And I'm James. And this week we're going to talk about generation gaps. Yes, 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 yes. And the main reason why I really want to dig into this is, so I came across this really hilarious video. Well, I think it was like last week. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like every you? great story, uh, especially on the <laughs> internet, is like, so I saw this video. I know, I know, I know. And okay, so two rappers, one rapper who I would say in the early 2000s was very relevant. His name is Joe Budden. And another rapper who is very relevant right now, and I will low-key say that I always listen to his artist radio on Apple Music, is Lil Yachty. And yeah, you introduced, you talked about Lil Yachty like really early on. I feel like <gasps> that is right. You're like the first person that I even heard about Lil Yachty was from, was from you. Dude, like, that is right. You know what? I'm going to say that Lil Yachty was broke because we mentioned him on Open Ended like way before everyone else talked about it. This is true. This is true facts. So like you were like you were like SoundCloud little, little Yachty fan. Yeah, that is right. That is right. So, you know, that old good old open ended bump. Thanks, mm-hmm. Lil Yachty. You are uh, <laughs> you are where you are because we, you know, broke you. More like more like you're welcome, Lil Yachty. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I don't I care like, about the business part. I care about how Yachty feels. I'm telling you how I feel. I am you're giving happy me every day. Wait, say that. Happy. I'm happy every day. So, that is a that is bullshit, so, and I refuse to have somebody tell me bullshit. Yeah, so Lil Yachty was a recent guest on Complex's Everyday Struggle, and it's a morning show with uh, Joe Button, who I mentioned earlier was very relevant in the early aughts, and that is no shade. And DJ Economics, uh, they kind of like talk about hip-hop and pop culture and all that stuff. So Lil Yachty was on there. And I came across this because, you know, Twitter always comes through with the best. They really do. This really does. You know, I wake up, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm scrolling Twitter, and I come across this video. Uh, well, first, I came across, like, memes that people were making about <laughs> Joe Button being angry. And I know Joe <laughs> Button is always angry. <laughs> so I had to click. You know, they got me. And so I go in, and it was just like a one-minute clip. And it was essentially Joe Button getting mad at Lil Yachty because he was happy. Mm. and Joe Button could not understand why Lil Yachty was always so happy. Like, it was kind of like this feeling of, like, <laughs> like I call Joe... I'm this, I'm sorry, Joe Button. I don't mean for this to be just, like, the Joe Button slander show, but it's just, like, I, like, I call Joe Button, like, uh, on the lines of, like, struggle rapper as far as, like, that type of aspect of his life. Like, mm-hmm. he's, like, a battle rapper. You know, he, he, he glamorizes struggle, and right. Lil Yachty is just like, yo, I'm out here just trying to make money. I'm enjoying myself. I'm happy. I'm enjoying, like, life. And Joe Button does not understand that. So they get in this argument on air. And I went, of course, because I ride and die for the research of Open Ended. I watched the entire, <laughs> I watched the entire uh, interview. Thanks to my waterproof iPhone 7, I... Watch okay. it in the shower. Okay, you don't need to make an, uh, an ad for Apple. Right now. Like, <laughs> they ain't giving us change. I propped so. it. I propped up in the shower. I watched it there and continued to watch it while getting ready for the rest of the morning. Then I threw it up on the Apple TV. I'm sorry, this is not a uh, an ad, 
But also, and this like feels like such a, like a snapshot of your life. Like you cannot oh escape my God, the technology yes. so much. Like you're in the sh- like you're literally in the shower, butt ass naked, watching some video of some guys, and then you did not want to take a break while brushing your teeth. Even. <laughs> no, like no. there's like a seamless like trajectory from like, the, the, the the you know we're we're presuming that it started on the toilet. Then we're gonna like start <laughs> brushing your teeth. Then you're gonna go into the shower. Then you go from the shower to the bedroom. Share, I hate, I hate how much you know me. <laughs> so like, like the seamless, just the seamless trajectory of you like going through your daily life and your bodily functions oh with, your te- with your technology in hand is like, oh it's beautiful. <laughs> I hate how much you know me because. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so yeah, I watched this video and essentially the entire interview was this like. You could tell that there's just this generation gap between Joe Button, Lil Yachty, and DJ Academics, with like DJ Academics kind of being the mediator um, in this situation. And I just found it really interesting. Like, Lil Yachty is 19 and Joe Button is 36. And, you know, like, there isn't on paper, that isn't like a very large gap. But it's just interesting to think that, like, at this very moment, like, it, it was something that just kind of sat with me for the rest of the week, like, this idea of generation gaps and the fact that like we do we all get older and people are always being born and there's always like this consistent like gap that's going to occur no matter how old you get and so i'm curious like share like what were like moments that you noticed that you were getting older and like there seems to be like this point where like oh man these young folk are doing this and like (laughs) <laughs> like like when did you notice that oh man um for me i think it happened kind of recently um i like to think that i'm hip um i and i use it unironically i love that word hip but um i think for me my younger cousin she's uh 17 and she's graduating from high school in a month that really kind of like threw me for a loop just because you know i changed her diapers she um I've watched her grow up and kind of seeing her have her own life, have her own friends, have her own opinion about like the political climate, just all of that really threw me for a loop in the last year or so. Um, she's going off to college in California next year, going accidental and just like becoming her full self and of an entire being outside of the mm-hmm. little girl that I used to know. And I think it really didn't hit me until like, we talked about just like random ass clothes and just like fashion. And she had said something about an outfit that I wore and I had absolutely no idea what she was talking about. It was just like this oh, like catchphrase. Like um, it was just this catchphrase that she pulled from the internet. I had no idea what this was from. And it kind of like blew my mind. And I was like, wait a minute. What's the word? Pause. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's a phrase, not a word. Okay. But it was... I fuck with that vision. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And I, I mean, said, okay, I, was I like, kind pause. of yeah. No, what the I, fuck does I, that mean? I've never heard that it? ever in my entire life. And on on open ended, I will explain to you what that means. Please do. Thank you. So it's it like all great things. It starts with a meme. Um, so there was this meme about God. I hate that this rhymes about Supreme. Uh, the fashion line. Oh, <laughs> another another great like line um, that's amplified by the youngins. Yes, exactly. So she was like, "Have you heard of this brand called Supreme?" I was like, 
yes, I kind of know what that means. Yes, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And so she was like, okay, so she pulled up this meme from Instagram. And so imagine four boxes, like a, like a four box frame of pictures with like, you know, okay. like a cause and effect kind of um, yes. reaction. So the first picture, first box is this kid wearing a t-shirt. And they're all hand drawings, mind you. There's a hand drawing of this kid wearing a plain white t-shirt. And then there's another kid reacting to that going, meh, that's okay. And then the third box is the same kid with a white t-shirt, but now oh, he has a Supreme, Supreme label on I knew it. it. And then the third, and then the fourth <laughs> box is that kid going, I fuck with that vision. And I fucking lost it because it's hilarious. But also now I get the teens now. I get it. And I feel like I've heard it before. And like passing and watching, you know, something on, you know, whatever the fuck. But like now I get it. And it just like inched me a little closer to being a cool teen again. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It just made me really excited about it. But there's a this generation gap that's so intense. And I feel like when I was younger, you know, I was always talking about like how I would never date anybody eight years older than me. Just because I feel like at, at a certain point. Like these no arbitrary real... ass like numbers. <laughs> Yeah, well, like they always say, like you know, it's twice your age divided by seven or something. No, no, it's um, it's half your age plus seven is kind of like the, you know, if you're gonna date somebody older or younger than you, it's half your age plus seven. But like for me, it's always kind of like eight years. Eight years seem to like be the one. Like, uh, if they're eight years older than me or eight years younger than me, like you're, I'm not gonna understand what's going on. And so like for me now, I'm only 29 this year, so someone who's 21 or entering 21, I will not understand what the fuck they're talking about. Like, the idea that someone who was born in 1996, which for me just fucking happened, can, like, go into a bar and drink is, like, wild to me. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting that kind of, like, generation gap is on both sides. Like, there's somebody who's, like, eight years older than me now. I, you know, I could kind of understand the culture references, but not as, not as, you know, well as I could somebody who was five years older than me or three years older than me. Mm. If that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I um, because I re- I remember like this actually kind of reminds me like there was a there was a point when I dated uh somebody who was like seven, six or seven years older than me, and I remember like there were just like a lot of things like I just did not understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or it like, was just be oh, yeah. something. Yeah, or it was some, something as simple as like. I wanted I wanted to stay out longer because I was younger, and then she was like, "Yo, let's like, I'm ready. I'm like, let's like call it a night, <laughs> right?" Or like with me, you know, like I did it. I did it. Guys who were I, the lowest guy I ever dated briefly was 11 years older than me, mm. and wow, like, talk about a generation gap. Like there was just <laughs> things about our interactions. I just. I didn't get what he was coming from. He would say some really off collar shit. And I was like, yeah, fam, that's not PC Ooh. at all. Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> yeah. Or just, or just like, just the way that he f- sees the world is so, so different than what I, how I see the world or vice mm. versa. So it's, um, I know, I think it's prevalent in every kind of environment, but I think in particular with pop culture, I think pop culture is so heavily reliant on references. And yeah. I think if you, you know, even like, even someone my own age, if you like didn't watch things like The Simpsons or if you weren't familiar with like shows like, you know, white culture, like Friends or Seinfeld, 
or like if you weren't familiar with like black culture shows like Martin or you know the Steve Harvey show you would not like you wouldn't really get certain references so I feel like it's so insular in just mm. pop culture and then within our own generation but then mm-hmm. if you expand upon that it's really really difficult so like when I when I like read the article about Joe and Lil Yachty that didn't surprise me at all there was so much of this generation gap was because like their culture references is so inside their own experiences once you leave that and kind of compare and contrast it's going to be completely different yeah totally So what did you notice, James, like, when you were becoming an old head? <laughs> so I think the most recent example, and also it's mad disrespectful that you <laughs> that you just referred to me as an old head. So, uh, it's a <laughs> I mean, I feel like you are an old head because like, apparently yeah. anybody's older 25 is an old head. Philly. Well, the fucked, up, <laughs> the fucked up thing about that and that it's like mad dark. And I think a friend of oh, the yeah. show, Shaka Reeves, told us why. No, it was um, head. it was a um, friend of the show, Rashid. Rashid, the cat, yeah, is that because honestly, um, the cops are gonna kill us by twenty five. So it's like if you made it past then, then you're officially an old head. So I don't know if that's Dark. real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dark days. Okay, so the first, mo- like, the latest moment I realized that yeah, you know, I'm getting old. So. I was on the train the other day and, you know, I was going to work as someone in this society does. And, (laughs) (laughs) and next to me is this like young couple. Like if I had to peg probably like 17, 18 years old, um, young heterosexual couple. uh, And they were seated next to each other. Okay. And you know how like, in our younger days or even current days when we're with our boo you might share a headphone you know um no they were on separate headphones (laughs) next to each other but okay so that's thing number one that was like oh hmm okay they were on separate headphones listening to things so i shoulder surf if you're unfamiliar with shoulder surfing because i'm always curious of what other people are doing maybe it's a journalist in me is or just being nosy. Is and I'm nosy. That's why I wanted to be a journalist share. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's just seeing what they're what they're doing on their phones. So I was shoulder surfing because I'm like, oh, what are they listening to? You know? And so I, I go and they're just on SoundCloud, but they're just like listening to only like the first five seconds of songs. And they're just continually skip, 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 skip. And I'm like, that is not an efficient way to listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing this and while they're skipping they're jumping back and forth between snapchat sending a snapchat closing out snapchat skip 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 and then they're going into a game they'll play the game for like 15 seconds and then going back to soundcloud and going back to snapchat it made my head hurt and they wow. were doing this while having a conversation with each other and i'm like share wow. how does the brain <laughs> allow for that capacity of just like information input and there was a point where i was like i was getting yo i was literally getting tired looking at them <laughs> and really and it was like that moment where i'm like i i know like this you know they've grown up with smartphones and the internet and all that stuff but i was just like did i officially like hit this point 
Yeah. Am I an, am I an old? Yeah, yeah. And so it was that, like that moment really kind of stuck with me, and I thought about that like, and I'm still thinking about it like to this day, of just like, whoa, like I I think I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty like ahead and kind of current with technology and things of that nature because I want to, but there was that moment where I was like, I don't think I'm that ahead. Like I look at yeah. my notifications that I have like five apps that allow them and. And they were doing this and they were like responding to everything that was just popping in their phone. I was just like, whoa, that was the time. They live in the Matrix, James. They live in the Matrix. I'm telling you, yeah. And like, I mean, I want to like clarify that like James and I, we're in our late 20s. We're still babies in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> right. Like, right. we're still children, you know. And, you know, I don't want this becoming like ages. Like, as soon as you get like, you know, exactly. a certain age, you're like, exactly. Oh man, technology is like blowing my mind, fam. Yep. I don't know what this is. And like it's it's all I think it's all in waves. Like, I mean, I don't know what like DOS is. I know it existed. Oh, you don't know DOS? I, I know some DOS. I know some <laughs> DOS. But like I don't know as well as somebody who like lived in nineteen eighty six and had to use DOS on a regular basis. Or you know, like or like kids who are younger than us hasn't have no idea or remember things like Netscape. Mm-hmm. No, but that was a thing that existed. So I think, like, as far yeah. as just generational things go, or just technology, you know, it's a timestamp mm-hmm. else. And you know, for us, the idea of like skipping around, you know, five different apps at the same time, and you know, keeping up just seems like a waste of time. But for them, it's you know, optimizing their time, mm-hmm. which is how we look at it. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to get back to like the Joe. And little Yachty thing for a bit. Um, so the thing that like kind of heightened my senses was this his whole idea of happiness and how um happiness seemed like a crime for him. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And um when I'm in my deepest ass feels, I will say shit like happiness is a construct. Like <laughs> <laughs> happiness is fleeting. Happiness is not, you know, something that society thinks we deserve and need. <laughs> we actually don't need it. And like for and like I'm not sure if that's just like me being like grumpy McGrouchier or whatever, but I can honestly see where Joe was coming from about like being um fully aware of his quote unquote privilege and but also staying very tied to his, you know, upbringing. Whereas little Yachty is like you know, I'm not sure what his background or his privilege was growing up, but he's way more able to um, be attuned to his happiness and his, however fleeting that might be, he's embracing it. So I think like just the idea of like being able to embrace your happy or embrace your emotions seems like such a foreign thing for someone older, I think, because for so long, the only emotion they could really hold on to was sadness or anger. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, a form of privilege. Exactly. And I think, you know, you're always constantly reminded of where you are on the totem pole, Mm. especially when you were older, you know, like, no, you know, wait a minute, you don't get to be happy right now. What are you Mm. fucking talking about? You got shit to do. You don't have Mm. time to like enjoy your life. You got shit to do. And I think like, you know, the older generation is so, you know, used to just being at work, doing things, getting things done, and never really having time to be creative or having that privilege, if you will, to be creative when, you know, the younger generation now has, you know, all this access to things, you know, just the idea of the internet and having it be, you know, so um, so connected 
to everything we do, you free up so much of that, you know, that go between and you have all this time now to actually be creative mm-hmm. and that and the creativity leads to, you know, potential happiness or the construct of happiness, if you, as it were. Yeah. So I think that also has just to do with just the way, you know, not just a generation gap, but even an emotional gap. Mm. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and so do you think like there are anything that like each of the generations can like learn from each other in that type of way? So. Because like, I definitely agree. Like, in some ways, Joe was like right because, like, in in especially in this world, especially being black, uh, like you have to be a realist. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you can't be blind to. Well, uh, fuck, that's ableist. You can't be like. You can't be on. You can't be. There's there's little room for. Yeah. Like lack of self awareness. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But at the same time, like Yadi is right in a way because you know the world is fucked up. But like a lot of times, like a way to fight white supremacy and um, gender discrimination and um, fragile masculinity is happiness. For sure, you know what I mean. Or like not even happiness so much as joy and choosing yeah, joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being able to have and, and having the ability to choose joy is something that like people from Joe's generation are not necessarily used to. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with little Yachty and his his generation, because like I believe like little Yachty is 19. He's younger than us. Like his generation is different from our generation. Like, we're kind of like in the middle. Like He's technically a millennial, but like he's on the lower. He's on, he's on the, the, the late late millennial spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like we're kind of and, like you and I were kind of like in the right slap dab in the like the beginning the slap middle of it yeah like when they when they say millennial they think of people our ages essentially mm-hmm. but um we were gifted with the ability to have to be able to choose joy whereas joe and his generation that was not the first knee reaction like, very interesting yeah yeah i think like their motivations for like work and the things they were creating wasn't to produce joy it was to produce work produce mm. content, produce things to continue doing it. And, and I'm sure that gave them joy, but it wasn't the thing that we're like, you know, you know, falling on the cross on or, or however you want to. They weren't, you know, they weren't trying. That wasn't their main motivation, I think. And this is like, I mean, I this is speaking from my perspective and how I've seen people from an older generation kind of take to things. It's like, you know, I think they want their kids to be happy. But themselves, their motivation was to, like, they can do the next thing. Whereas I feel like kids who are younger, or us even, were trying to, like, you know, there's all that whole, like, follow your passion or, you know, live your passion or live your truth and all of that. That's something that's a new kind of outlook on life. It's not necessarily something that um, we were raised on, necessarily. Or our, our parents or our parents' generation was raised on, necessarily. It's more like, you know, go out, work you know, survive, not necessarily thrive, if that makes sense. You know what? I fucks with that vision. Oh, God, James. (laughs) (laughs) So to, like, close things out, like, now thinking about us as we're inching closer and closer to our 30s, and now looking back to, like, let's, let's go in the time machine. Let's, like, let's boot up. Uh, AOL, Instant Messenger. Let's boot up 
Um, let's throw in our 30-day free trial CD. <laughs> and let's talk to, like, let's say 15 through 18-year-old Aaron James. Like, what are some things that you thought that you were going to be doing at that age that you're either, like, doing now or not doing now? Oh, boy. Um, First off, I definitely was on the trajectory of going to med school. So um, I would tell little Cher that, like, you almost went. You got accepted. You didn't go. But that's another story. Um, But I think as far as, like, what I'm doing now that I didn't or I thought that I'd be doing is have, like, a really good group of friends. Mm. Um. I was struggling with that in high school. I had some friends in high school, but I think as soon as I left high school, I wasn't really um, hanging out with them anymore. I think there were friendships due to convenience and due to like just location and proximity. They weren't friends that I would have like chosen out of a lineup. Honestly, they were just friends that I had. Mm-hmm. And I think um, now that I'm older and I've you know been able to like really kind of not curate but really choose the friends that I feel that you know have brought joy to my life um i can tell a little share that like you know yeah like yeah you don't you're not married because i think i i think i think i probably thought i would be married because my parents got married around my age and i'm at now they got married 29 i thought i'd be married by now i'm not and i'm okay with that but um i think there's just so many expectations i think when you're a kid you think like yeah i'm gonna be married i'm gonna have kids i'm gonna have a car i'm gonna have a house I'm going to have, like, you know, a 401k plan. I'm going to, like, you know, be a doctor. I'm going to have seen, like, 80 countries. I'm going to have this, all these things by the time you're 30. And then you get to that age, you're like, wait a minute. You know, you, there's not, you never really account for things like life to get in the way mm-hmm. and to change the trajectory of your life in general and your path. And so, you know, when you're 15 to 18, that very idealistic age, when you think, like, the world is open to you, I think it's just... Know, we get this false outlook on what that actually means but um I think also and this is like very just silly and just like elementary on most of me is like I felt that I'd go to like a lot more parties like I was really into like <laughs> right I was really I was really into like you know watching old movies and the whole idea of like you know dressing up in like this beautiful ball gown and going to like a party every Saturday night with like champagne and oysters mm-hmm. and getting my hair dolled up and going and dancing just seems like so elegant and just seemed like something adults would do mm-hmm. and i think when you know when you're a kid you figure like that's what adulthood is like going to a ball going to like an event and like dressing up and having people to talk to till midnight or whatever the case was and just very extravagant lifestyle and i think um when you get to that age it's like things as like silly as going to parties just seems like a total bore or like it's exhausting you're like i don't want to do that mm-hmm. i don't want to be around people so like um right. yeah yeah it's just i know like, for me it was like i thought like parties like i was like oh yeah like when i get older i'm definitely gonna go to parties and like for me like you know we both grew up in the chicago or chicagoland area so like whenever i heard like dance and house music come on on um, gci which is local radio station of the area and I was like, oh, man, when I get older, I'm going to be starting. I'm going to be doing this all night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to be going to the parties. I'm going to get a boy. It's going to be fun. Or like, you know, going to like, you know, I, also like I was watching a lot of like old movies like, you know, Bogart and like 
um, McCall movies where like, you know, they had like entire sequences of just them dancing, you know, and just like dancing in his own ballroom and having like, you know, some beautiful swing music playing. Like I just thought my life was going to be just amazing. And it wasn't like that at all. I mean, like I had fun, of course, and like, I would go to parties and stuff like that, but not every weekend and not like that ever. So just, you know, you know, the whole like expectations meets reality ideal. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, I'm okay with the way things have come out, uh, come out. And I think that little Cher would probably not be as pleased with my, the way things had turned out. But as, you know, almost 30 year old Cher, I'm, much better off, I think, in the long run than a lot of people my own age. So, um, I don't know. I think as far as generation gaps, I think it's more or less, um, not so much expectations versus reality, but more like, you know, ideals versus truths. Ooh. Dang. Take him to church, Cher. Church. I'm trying to live my truth, James. <laughs> So what about you, James? When um, how would fifteen-year-old you look at you now? Oh man, uh, I'm I'm trying not to like just go into a ball of tears here on air. So I guess to put things in perspective, like I grew up in I wouldn't necessarily say a sheltered household, but like a very hyper Christian household. So. I missed out on a lot of cultural references, a lot of, like, things that normal teenagers would do. And with that meant, like, there was so much guilt involved in that. We recently had an episode where I had my mom in, and I'll throw up that in the show notes um, so we can go into there. So I won't bore you with all the details here. But, ooh, like, so my priorities, like, at that time were thinking, like, I'm going to be married. I'm going to stay in my hometown for the rest of my life. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to get a respectable job. I'm going to, like, pretty much hit all the marks, quote-unquote marks. And that was, like, younger me thinking that. And, like... With that had like all of these expectations, like you're gonna make X amount of money, you're gonna do these things, you're going to like live this respectable life. And then college happened. And granted, I didn't go to I didn't go away for school, which I think also lends itself to like me not having the proper like coming of age. Like I definitely feel like I came of age a lot later than everybody else because for college I stayed in my hometown and I didn't Same. stay on campus. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I, I felt like I kind of developed much later, kind of a late bloomer and some Yeah. And then again, like small small fairly kind of not really small town, but like kind of small town. So you have no idea of different people. You have no idea of people that have different viewpoints. And I got a little bit of a taste of that in school. But not as much as it did when I first moved out of my house. And so, I mean, I would look at myself now like I wish, like, Cher, I wish I could just like 
look at younger me and just shake me by the shoulders and be like, what you think is important at this very moment is false. All of your judgment that you had at this age is false. You're going to learn so much about yourself. You're going to learn so much about other people. You're going to realize that like all these judgments were in fact insecurities and like it's going to work out and you can plan all you want, but plans are just that like it's guidance. Like it's good to have guidance. Sure. But it's like, there's no way in hell that like you can try to control every aspect of your life. And if you do try to do that, then like you're going to be sad. You're going to be alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I would tell myself that that would be like the number one thing that I would tell young, young James, young facial hairless James this. Um, and on a much lighter note, uh, I would tell me to save more money. <laughs> oh uh, my God. Yes. I would, yeah. no, honestly, fuck all the things I said about myself. I would tell young share 18 bitch. Do not get a credit card. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Just, yeah. you, you, don't, you don't need those things from OldNavy.com. You don't, you don't need that. You don't need oh, that. Yeah. You don't need that, that, um, that record player right now. Yeah. You can save up for that shit. Yeah. Same for me, but Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and that's, and that's, that's, that's what I would say, um, without this turning into a four hour episode. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh God. Okay. You okay over there? I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. But I think I need to get a breather right quick. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have some water and until then, we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh because as always, you know we gotta pay some bills. Mm-hmm. This shit don't come for free. Nope, rent is due on the first. <laughs> You're telling me I just this fucking New York rent. Anyway, so <laughs> We'll be back real quick after this short message from us about things or people that you should be paying attention to. This episode of Open Ended is sponsored again by Field Notes Brand, our friends at Field Notes Brand. What should I know about Field Notes, Cher? Field Notes Brand is made in the U.S. and they make memo books and other products in seasonal limited editions. You can visit fieldnotesbrand.com or go to 401 North Racing in Chicago. They just start, they just moved to a new space. It's super dope. It has a little patio and the office space is gorgeous. A kitchen, two stories, beautiful. So you can go to fieldnotesbrand.com to learn more. And a great thing about Field Notes Brand is like, they say they're U.S. made, but they're not like those Make America Great USA like oh, types no. of people. Like Oops. these are like not white supremacy like type people. Like I gotta say, like they're good people. So when you hear yeah. USA made brand, like don't think like oh shit, like you're not supporting MAGA. I promise. Right, you're not supporting MAGA with these notebooks. If anything, <laughs> no. you're like, fighting MAGA. <laughs> absolutely. Like I went to a Zine Fest. Yes, they have a Zine Fest out on their premises few weeks ago and there was all these really feminist um leaning publications as well as make your own zine uh, station so like yeah. they are supporting their arts they're supporting creativity and they are supporting you fighting MAGA. 
Yeah, so next time you want to take some notes on how to dismantle the patriarchy and white supremacy, you should make those notes in a Field Notes brand notebook. (laughs) Hey, Cher. Hey. You know what time it is? It is open call time. It's open call time. Open call. It is open call time. So if you're unfamiliar with Open Call, Open Call is where we give a shout out to what it is that we're feeling this week. It could be a concept, it could be a thing, it could be an idea, it could be a place. It's honestly whatever we want because it's our show. So uh-huh. Cher, what are you feeling this week? Oh my gosh. So I watched the entire series. Um, it's actually not too long, it's about 20 episodes, but of uh, this wonderful British comedy that was on BBC Two and then I guess on BBC One, but the show's called Miranda. Starring um, British comedian Miranda Hart. You might know her from shows like Hyperdrive or um, All the Midwife, or she was also featured in the Melissa McCarthy film Spy. And it's about her just being a awkward 35 year old woman who happens to be plus size and also very tall. She's about 6'1, and her just kind of navigating being a mid 30s single woman. And she owns a joke shop and she's very awkward and silly, but how everyone else is around her also very awkward and silly and them not only embracing her for who she is, but also uh, the world around her embracing that as well. Mm. So it's really funny. It's like slapsticky funny, but also really sweet and heartbreaking in moments and joyful. And I cried throughout the entire show <laughs> and she eventually finds her person and he's great. And, you know, she, she gives this really beautiful speech at the end of the series about like, you know, how um, it's difficult for women of a certain size to find themselves beautiful only because that has never been objected rather magnified ever it's always you know a certain type of woman being exposed as being beautiful and so it's a little it takes us a little longer for us to kind of feel sexy and feel loved Mm. and feel beautiful but we do eventually get there and when we do you know we have all the confidence as someone who has half our size and but we're all we're also worthy of love and it's just like it's gorgeous and beautiful and it made me feel some type of way i i cried a lot so like um shout out to miranda it's a beautiful show. It's all on Hulu. So if you have a Hulu account, I know somebody has a Hulu account, definitely check it out. It's really fun. And also, it's just, like, hilarious. Like, there's moments where Miranda just looks at the camera because she breaks the fourth wall a lot. And I just, like, no matter what she's doing, just looks at the camera. And I, I can't help but giggle. Like, it's just delightful. <laughs> so it's like a really happy show. So uh, shout out to Miranda. What about you, James? <laughs> So, oh man, that made me so happy. Oh man, I'm made me all, happy too, uh, man. Yeah, because I've been like, I've been struggling a little bit sometimes with like loving myself and like loving my body, and I feel like it's like it's a journey, it's a personal journey for me um, that I've been going through. So like, damn, that makes me feel like so happy. Yeah. Absolutely, because like I, when I started watching, I was having, it was I was in a really bad. Um, just state of like this body dysmorphia and really like, mm. a lot of like stuff like I was not doing great that week and so a friend of the show Teresa has recommended me watch the show and it completely brightened my entire day and week honestly like I finished in about four days and love the show cannot think <laughs> enough good things about it okay great 
All right, so what I'm feeling this week, I'm pretty certain I've given this a shout out before, but I don't care because I'm in love with it again. And mainly because they like released a preview episode, the CBC podcast Sleepover is coming oh, back. Oh, yeah. Very, shout very out to Veronica soon. Oh, my Demons. God. Veronica Friend of the Simmons. show. Hey. Hey. From Toronto. Uh, so, Sleepover is by far my favorite podcast. So, I always explain it to people like Sleepover is essentially like a reality show podcast and it sounds super dumb and I swear it's, it's not like a recap show um, but it's a I tell you like it is like if an original reality show was a podcast so the premise of this show is that three strangers they go to a hotel room with the host slash producer Sukin Lee and what they do is they come in with a problem that they want to try to solve over the night. And they bring, like, one object with them. And throughout the course of the sleepover, everyone is trying to help them try to figure out, like, how to best, like, figure out how to solve this problem. And it's usually, like, a problem with themselves. And it's everything from the small, such as, like, a young child is trying to figure out, like, how to better improve their reading, to something, like, very large, which is, like, an older person, um who's physically disabled wants to try to find love and it's just it's heartwarming it's beautiful the sound design is just like gorgeous and it grips me and like the beautiful thing about season two is that they're releasing all three episodes per rotation at once so first is going week by week like you just have three episodes of this rotation they take a little bit of time off and then they just dump, dump the next three and it's oh it's such a great it's such a great idea and i became like absolutely addicted with this show ever since i heard a clip of it with another third coast uh, shout out to their uh what is it called the audio no podcast therapy and uh, i went to a podcast therapy we went to it at um, podcast movement and one of the shows that they played there was an episode of sleepover so big shout out to uh, CBC Sleepover. Uh, I am just like really hyped for it. And I like keep refreshing my podcast player. Like, uh, I can't wait. I'm excited for the next season. Yes, indeed. Episode 87. We did it, James. Ooh, we did it. We did it. Yes, we did. Another episode in can. Yes. So... If you enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you have, I'm mm-hmm. sure you have, uh, make sure to tell all your friends and folks about it. Weet the episode with the hashtag open ended. That is all one word, open ended. And tweet at the show at open ended FM. So if you enjoyed the show, which I know you have, like, let's be honest, like, we've been enjoying ourselves and I hope you have been too. Tweet the episode, share it with your friends and family or people that you think might love our voices with the hashtag open-ended and you can tweet at the show at open-ended fm that is open-ended like the show all one word fm you can follow me share at share musings and you can follow me at underscore james t green and if you want to send us an email about how great we are or if you have a question for the show you can send that to the open-ended podcast at gmail.com so here are some other things that I think would be like really helpful for y'all to do. So send us a donation. We put all the money back into the show 
So you can do a donation at openended.fm slash donate. Uh, if you can't send over some coins, totally understand. Rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Also recommend us at Overcast or Pocket Cast or whatever the fuck you listen to any audio programming. Honestly, we will take it. <laughs> and last but not least, we are a proud member of the Chicago Podcast Co-op and Post Loudness, a collective of independent audio shows hosted by people of color, women, and queer identified folks. You can learn more about that at postloudness.com. So, share. We'll be back next week. I'll give you a call then. But Yay. until then, keep things open ended. Post loudness.